Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB were looking back at Monday, uh, and Monday was really spent looking back at Saturday. It was an election on Saturday, remember? Uh, so, yeah, that's basically all this podcast is about. <laughs> Because it's all people wanted to talk about. Uh, so let's meet uh, one of these new MPs that we probably had no idea we were voting in. Uh, Simon Court, he came in in the act tied. Well, Simon, you, I understand, have just had your own personalised tour through Parliament, have you? Oh, that's right, Heather. From one of my uh, political heroes, that freedom fighter, David Seymour, uh, showed me um, all of the, all of the uh, secrets of Parliament. I didn't have to rely on parliamentary services. Um, so, yeah, I've got a fair idea about what I'm up for. And I'm, I'm told that you've also been given a fairly good understanding of uh, what to do with expenses and what will and will not get you on the front page of the newspaper. Look, if one thing parliamentary services are good at, it's actually um, sorting out that side of things. But, um, yeah, look, it was a pretty good induction. I mean, from uh, a corporate point of view, uh, they're OK. But I tell you what, Heather, I was really quite <laughs> What do you mean they're my... OK? Oh, well, you know, I mean, it is the public sector. Uh, I mean, I come from, you know, I come from the private sector. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of room for improvement here. Oh, man after my own heart. I'm loving it already. Yeah, so that's um, that's typical act, isn't it? Uh, I mean, Seymour's a bit like that too. I mean, they've always been a bit like that. They, they, they just want the government to be run a bit more like a business and not like a bunch of chooks with their heads cut off. And may, it, perhaps it's no wonder people. Some people are starting to uh, talk about ACT as the new opposition party. That national might be on the way out, and ACT might be on the way up. Uh, how did Kay Hawkesby th- see things? Yeah, I think she's got her own theories on where the national vote went. Commentators say Swarbrick's win is down to sheer hard work. She was omnipresent. She hit every household, knocked on every door, had a swathe of volunteers, appeared everywhere and gets lots of favourable media coverage. She has the added advantage that Jacinda has of being all over your TV, radio and newspaper. Never underestimate the celebritisation of these politicians, these women. Kiwis love a familiar face. If Judy Bailey had ever run for mayor, she'd have romped in. New Zealanders like familiarity, celebrity and smiling female faces, which leads us to Judith. What derailed National the most? The leaks? The wealth tax talk? Taking on fat people? Judith being surrounded by Muppets? They didn't spend money in the right places. Their advertising was weak. Their messaging was off. And Judith was on the wrong side of the media, who clearly decided early on they didn't like her or the National Party, and they ran a pretty spectacular campaign against her. She had an uphill battle. I personally think she gave it her all, but she was unsupported, and that was never more clear than on election night. Did you see that? Barely a handful of national MPs bothered to show up to support her. Appalling. So the Nats didn't deserve to win, and if they can't get their house in order, they'll be facing three terms on the opposition benches, not just two. Labour ran a slick campaign, both from a marketing point of view and from a boots-on-the-ground point of view. But you cannot take it away from Jacinda Ardern. She has captured Kiwis like no other leader. They're mesmerised by her. They clearly see her as their saviour. And she'll be hoping those rose-tinted glasses voters are wearing stay shiny and red for the next three years. Um, I've, this bizarre how people are looking for red 
signs and omens everywhere. I posted a picture of uh, a cocktail I made at the Glen ZB bar over the weekend and there happened to be some flowers in the background in a red pot. And some people started making comments alluding to the Labour win there. But I think it was more just to do with the fact that that's the pot that the flowers were in and the flowers came up red. Anyway, uh, people, eh? Uh, people. Uh, let's listen to some of the people, uh, the, 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 this, this people who called into Andrew Dickens. Ross. And I've got a bit of a rural background. I cannot understand how Taranaki went from blue to red when they got worked over in the energy space yeah. and, um, and, and the same in the Rangatike. And I know both those electorates, and I can't help but thinking that... Um, did the electorate say that maybe the candidates in those blue spaces had passed the use by date? I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the, you are you're absolutely fascinating. There's a double whammy for Taranaki because not only has future oil and gas exploration licenses been taken away from them, so a future business taken away from them, but they're also heavy into the farming and they've got the water issues, yeah. which, which are getting cracked on. Yeah. So you, you cannot believe that they voted for, for, for reds. But, you know, it's no, also, Taranaki's Taranac also the port that the COVID's in yesterday. So, you know, maybe they're concerned so, about it. Well, was that it? I think it'd be interesting to run, run an A-file uh, of all of those blue guys who missed out. Mm. And I think you'll find that they are in the sort of 20 year, 15 to 20 years in Parliament and maybe the electorate saying, well, what are you doing for it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's absolutely true. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. Mick Smith, you know, boy, 30 years yeah. in Parliament. Mate, there's no way yeah. you can sit there and talk about career politicians or student politicians or people with no life experience, you know, on the other side of the house when you've spent 30 years sucking on the government's teeth. Yeah, I've got a bit of a feeling that people just decided that they didn't want to be taken for granted anymore. Um, and I, I said as much to Mike Hosking uh, yesterday during the breakfast show that maybe... Yeah, you know, the people of Ireland, you know, they, they saw a, a Labour candidate out and about and perhaps didn't see Gerry Brownlee in their electorate so much as trying to get in shot behind Judith Collins, wherever she was, you know what I mean? Just, um, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not really basing that anything other than just on a feeling, but that's how elections are won and lost, isn't it, on feelings? What were uh, Kerry McIver's feelings? What does National have to do to bring themselves back into favour with you as a voter? I was talking to Chloe Swarbrick yesterday, and she was saying if the day comes when she takes her job for granted, that if she's so blasé about turning up for work and bored with the whole process... She will want to get out. And she said, if I haven't, if I don't see that myself, I hope other people tell me. Well, I think some of the National Party people need to do that to themselves. Have a long, hard look at the reasons why they're there. That sort of born-to-rule mandate that many of them feel they have just doesn't exist anymore. And if they haven't got the passion in and they haven't got the fire and they've forgotten why they're there, then they, this is probably a good time to stay out if they've been voted out or to get out if they haven't got out already and really rejuvenate the National Party. Yes, the trouble with being your, your, your conservative option 
Conservatism and rejuvenation, I don't know if they really go hand in hand. I don't know how conservative the National Party is these days, but you know what I mean. Uh, let's uh, finish up. Uh, what are we finishing up with? Oh, Marcus. Uh, uh, yeah. He, he's got a few things to say about National as well. Marcus, national supporters need to stop blaming the Greens for their dismal failure and own up to the fact they didn't like their leader or her policies. Otherwise, they would have voted for national. That's for Mary. I agree, Mary. I mean, you can't vote running skied. You can't vote to get some party out and not get a party in. If that's the spirit of this nation, we may as well just pack our bags and crawl into a little tube. Marcus, think you should look back to 2017 and the great playmaker when he chose Labour, although National won the most votes. If they'd been in power during COVID-19, they'd still be there. See, once again, someone still doesn't understand 2017. It was Stephen Joyce's plan to destroy New Zealand first so they didn't get over the 5%. That's why they ran so hard against them in the north. Winston was never going to go with them. So National lost in 2017. So if you people still believe that, you know, I think half of the Nats still believe that. They think they were the rightful the rightful winners. But they play dirty. Yeah, um, that's the system. Those are the rules. Uh, that's how the game works. Um, and by game, of course, I mean how we choose the people to be in charge of us. What a fun game, eh? I'm Glenn ZB. Is it a funny, entertaining way to end the podcast? I don't know that it was. I think it was a bit of downbeat and a bit distressing. Anyway, uh, let's. I really want to try and silly things up again tomorrow, but uh, yeah, everybody just sent me stuff about the election today. What can you do? 